Hola, so this morning we return to the meditative cultivation of loving kindness. I'm I'm very content with this switch because as I recall, we used to do the shamatha practice in the morning and the four measurables in the afternoon. But the four measurables is just a really good way to start the day. You probably already had some shamatha under your belt before you get here. But the four measurables have so much to do with motivation and loving kindness, uh, very, very much so. So we'll return to this practice. We'll go into the second phase, or the second phase of the practice as I've been teaching it. And as we're setting out, uh, I think it's very important to just make a couple of comments about distinctions. And that is loving kindness in the Buddhist framework, in the Buddhist understanding, is not an emotion. Love, as in English, or amore, or amor, and so forth, that's clearly all about emotion. But maitri, or loving kindness, is not an emotion. It's an aspiration. And so one may feel very strong emotion for another person, very strong attraction for another person, with enormous emotion going along, and there may, there may be no loving kindness at all. On the other hand, one may feel very, very strong loving kindness for another person, but when one is experiencing it, there may not be a great surge of emotion. The two don't necessarily go hand in hand, and it's not necessarily the case. The stronger the loving kindness, the stronger the emotion. Because again, emotion could be very, very strong, and loving kindness could be weak or even absent. So loving kindness is all about aspiration. Aspiration. It is not about expectation or goals. As soon as we set a goal or an expectation, then we are set up for failure. We're, set, we're in a waiting mode. Will I achieve it or not? I'm expecting something to happen. Will I achieve it or not? And then as soon as I'm in that mode, then of course there's bound to be some underlying anxiety. Maybe I won't achieve it. Maybe my expectations won't be fulfilled. My goal won't be achieved. Aspiration isn't like that. Aspiration is sent out into the world. And there's no point at which the door closes on it. Not even death. Not in the Buddhist understanding not even death. And so as we venture into each of these four measurables, but especially the first one, especially the first one, we're moving from the realm of actuality, as in the sensations of your breath, or what's arising in your mind right now, or what's taking place in this environment. We're moving from the realm of actuality, of that which is already true, into the realm of potentiality, of possibilities. Attending to it, attending to it, giving it our single-pointed Focus, arousing our aspirations, that it may be realized. And so I may as, may as well get my favorite William James quote out of the way immediately. For the moment, what we attend to is reality. And the reality may be something that is already actual, right? But the reality may be something that's tomorrow. And by attending to a possibility for tomorrow, or, just a, or a possibility with no time limit, by attending to it, we're already imbuing it with some degree of reality. So the approach to the meditative cultivation of love and kindness that I'm following here is very much in accordance with the teachings of the Buddha as recorded in the Pali Canon and as elucidated in the Theravada tradition. And that is we begin with ourselves and then gradually extend outwards. We'll do this in two different ways. Today one way, tomorrow another another way, both firmly rooted in the Buddhist teachings But we'll go very gradually, since we have some leisure here. We don't have to rush, right? So we begin with ourselves, 
and I want to stop talking in this mode and go right into meditation, so end on this note, let's meld or fuse right in this practice right now our aspiration, our motivation for today's practice, our motivation for being here for a little bit less than eight weeks now. But let's fuse this cultivation of loving kindness with motivation for this day, envisioning how we would love to see this practice unfold over the coming days, months, or, for that matter, lifetimes. Okay? So please find a comfortable position, and we'll go right in. Letting your awareness descend into the body right down to the ground. And then filling the whole space of the body. Settle your body in its natural state imbued with the three qualities of relaxation, stillness, and vigilance. While relaxing deeply in the body, while relaxing deeply in the body, let your respiration settle in its natural rhythm. See if you can relax as fully during the in-breath as you do during the out-breath. Setting aside all concerns, all hopes and fears about the future and the past. Let your awareness come to rest in stillness in the present moment. For just a short time, calm the conceptually discursive mind with mindfulness of breathing.
the simple practice of shamatha, we exercise and we find the cognitive aspect of consciousness, that flow of knowing. But consciousness is also luminous, it is creative. So now as we venture into the meditative cultivation of loving-kindness, I invite you to raise the question, how would, you, how would you love to see your own spiritual practice, in particular your practice this day, this, these eight weeks, how would you love to see this practice unfold? What benefits would you love to see emerge from it? How might your practice here contribute to your larger vision of your own flourishing? Consciously arouse the most meaningful motivation you can for today's practice, the practice over the coming weeks. Clearly bring to mind your most heartfelt aspirations for your own well-being. With each outbreath, arouse this yearning, this aspiration of loving kindness for yourself. With each outbreath, arouse the yearning. May I realize my heart's desire. May I be well and happy.
with each outbreath, let your imagination play. Boldly venture into that realm of possibility. And with each outbreath, imagine here and now realizing the fulfillment of your own aspirations. Part of your own flourishing must entail your engagement, your way of relating with those around you. By way of this practice, to which we're all devoting ourselves, what will you love to bring to the world, to those who are close to you, to those who are far away? Make this time as meaningful as possible. What would you love to offer to the world? Each outbreath, imagine offering that here and now, offering your very best.
then bring to mind as vividly as you can someone who is very dear to you. And to the best of your ability, bring to mind this person's aspirations, ideals, With each outbreath arouse this yearning, may you, like myself, realize your heart's desire. May you find the fulfillment, the satisfaction to which you most deeply aspire. With each out-breath, as you breathe out the spirit of loving-kindness, imagine this person's most cherished hopes and aspirations being fulfilled here and now, and imagine their joy, their satisfaction.
and let the appearance of this person fade back into the space of the mind. And bring to mind another loved one, a group of loved ones. They could be your, rel your relatives, friends, people whom you already deeply care about. And again, attend very closely to them, however, well, however clearly you may or may not be able to visualize them. Give them your full attention. Let them be real for you, wherever they may be. So far as you are able, bring to mind their hopes, their aspirations. every outbreath, let your own aspirations join with their own. May you find the happiness and the causes of happiness that you seek. May you, like myself, be well and happy. Once again, letting your imagination play. With each outbreath, imagining, then realizing here and now their most meaningful, their most heartfelt aspirations.
release all appearances, release all aspirations. And let your awareness come to rest with no object, just resting in the present moment, resting in its own natural luminosity. Good way to start the day. And over the rest of the day, you're bound to be breathing out a lot, as well as breathing in. So at any time, especially when you're, anybody comes in your field of vision, anyone at all, human or non-human, as you're maintaining kind of this peripheral mindfulness of breathing, just to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of your shamatha practice so you don't have big chunks of discontinuity, as you're maintaining that kind of peripheral flow of, of awareness of your breathing, once in a while you might just season it a little bit, flavor it, instead of it just being like pure water, which is mindfulness of breathing, like pure water. You might put some honey in it. And as you're attending to others, as you're breathing out, just breathe out in this way, attending to anyone, anyone. And, just, and then you're surrounded by people who are practicing dharma. If there's some eye contact, and I, I do not ask you to avoid eye contact. That has its place. But here, do whatever you feel like. On occasion, in between sessions, when you're walking around, if you'd really like to just be in your own space, just really maintaining the flow of your mindfulness, you want to keep your eyes down, that's perfectly fine. And I'm sure no one will think you're being cold or aloof or standoffish. Perfectly fine. Right? At any time. Perfectly fine. Because we're really here to practice. And on the other hand, if you see somebody walking in a different direction or the opposite direction, and you'd feel, oh, why not? You know, have some eye contact. Why not? It won't freak out my practice. It won't throw out my mindfulness. Then some eye contact is okay. And just a smile or just breathing out. It's quite sufficient. And imagine two people breathing out. Pretty sweet. Right? Oh, yeah. Enjoy your day, and I'll see you at 4.30.